This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. My name is Morgan Brower and I am your host. I am so excited to bring this episode to you guys today. I feel like I always say that every single week, but it's true. I am so excited for all of the guests that we have coming on, all of the amazing women and occasionally men that come on to share their knowledge and experiences and empowerment with us. We have such a powerful community. I love it here. I love the community. I love the birth village. So amazing. We're so lucky. Um, I am today recording this intro separate from when I was able to interview our guest because we have a couple of things that we wanted to talk about before we get into the episode and we didn't want to waste our guest time with me chatting a little bit with you guys before we jump in. So um, yeah, so I'm not going to bring her in quite yet, but I will talk about her at the end of this introduction and then she introduces herself. as as we start the episode off so first of all we had another review to share with you guys a voice memo review and something went wrong it got deleted really bummed out but i didn't want to skip sharing a review with you guys so i pulled up our apple podcast reviews and we wanted to read one of them uh so this is from miss hawk hack or miss shack i'm really not sure how to pronounce the name on this but it was such a sweet review so here's what she says if you're a new mom a seasoned mom a grandma a friend to a mom someone who someday wants to be a mom or even a husband brother or father you need to listen to every single episode of this podcast i never knew i could feel so supported educated and empowered by just listening to a podcast every week so much fear of the unknown has disappeared during my first pregnancy journey by all the knowledge i've been given from the birth village i don't have family that is educated with physiological birth so being able to find this incredible resource has been life-changing and will definitely be something i will pass on to everyone i know thank you for helping me find support and love through this beautiful village Thank you for such a beautiful review. Um, I truly feel so lucky to be able to be a part of this village and to be able to be a part of this podcast. And I'm so grateful to hear from you guys how much you are enjoying it because it just makes it better for me. It fuels my desire to keep moving forward with it and I really enjoy it and so to hear that it is meaningful to all of our listeners is just such a great thing for me and I for Trish as well I'm speaking for her but it's just to hear that you guys are grateful for what we were doing is so kind we we just appreciate it so much so thank you for all the kind reviews that have been left and sent to us we love you guys so much and i'm so glad that you have been able to feel supported and yeah you guys are great all of our listeners are so amazing uh we have an event coming up with the birth village in southern utah so this is for all of our local gals um we are doing another date the doulas event so basically this is like a speed dating event but you're speed dating the doulas some of the doulas that are in in town so the event is coming up on october 19th it's going to be at true health here in town there is a sign up sheet Uh, sign up link not a sheet um but there's a link on the birth villages instagram page so i'm going to tell you what the instagram page is right now but you can also click on the um sorry (laughs) you can also click on the show notes and then click there will be a link to the instagram page so it is the birth village underscore and you can click on the link in um, on the top of that page to sign up for the date, the doulas event. So there's a, there's a limited number of seats there because we want to make sure that we have enough time for everybody. So it's going to be on October 19th. It's at seven to eight 30. It is free to attend, but you do have to sign up. And this is a speed dating style event. So here you can come and you can learn about doula services. So get 
like a glimpse into the world of doulas and discover how they can help you in your journey. Explore different approaches. So just meet the doulas and see what the ways that they are different from each other and get a feel for who might be a good fit for you if you're looking for a doula or you will be looking for a doula in the future. You know that we always feel like everybody needs a doula for whatever type of birth that you're planning on having. Um, And you can talk about expectations. So set the stage for a beautiful birthing experience and discuss with all of the doulas there kind of what you're hoping to get out of your journey and your birth experience and just really make a connection with the doulas in the area. So this is a really, really great opportunity there one again there are limited spots so sign up as soon as possible we would love to see you there we cannot wait um and once again that's on our the birth village's instagram page so the birth village underscore um a couple episodes ago we talked about midwives and catheters and we made the comment that we were not 100 percent positive if all midwives are able to carry and administer catheters in labor. And we did look into that for you guys. And we got word that that is true. All midwives can administer catheters um, if they're, you know, licensed midwives. So those are not just the registered nurse midwives like Cindy, who is our, our registered nurse midwife here in St. George. So Now, you know, if you were wondering, because we were wondering and we wanted to let you guys know. Okay, so our guest today is Laura Tridal. And I think that I already said this, but we're going to introduce her with her. So she's going to kind of introduce herself a little bit. But she is one of our amazing, amazing, amazing nurses here in St. George. We have such great nurses here. And she works really closely with the Simply Birth Suite. So we have talked about the Simply Birth Suite before. We're going to be talking about it again today in this episode. Um, And we are also talking about a couple of other really cool things. So Laura was, is certified as a Lamaze teacher. And so we talk about that a little bit. And one of the things about Lamaze is that they have um, what they call the Lamaze Healthy Birth Practices. So these are the foundations of Lamaze and these practices are based off of years of research to simplify your birth process with an informed approach that helps alleviate your fears and manage your pain. Um, And in the episode, we got to talking about the birth practices and later in talking to Laura, she expressed that she wasn't super happy with the fact that she did not give them exactly. And so I told her that I would insert them into our little introduction here. So we're going to be talking about Lamaze later on in the episode, but we did want to let you know that their six healthy birth practices are number one, let labor begin on its own. We've talked about this a handful of times, so you guys know how we feel about this. Um, It's just a really great practice if it's possible. Practice number two is walk, move around, and change positions throughout labor. Number three is bring a loved one, friend, or doula for continuous support. Number four is avoid interventions that are not medically necessary. Number five is avoid giving birth on your back and follow your body's urges to push. Number six, keep mother and baby together. It's best for mother and baby and breastfeeding. So these are the six uh, healthy birth practices from Lamaze. I will post a link to an article that you can read about it if you're more interested. These are not like new things for us. We've talked about all of these things in some way or another before, but if there's anything that I've just mentioned that you would like us to really dig into, let us know. If you're if you're wondering about one of these things or you're like, why would that be important or whatever, let us know because we... First of all, I think you guys know that we love to talk about what you want us to talk about, but also all of these things we feel like are great practices. So if you're wanting to dig deeper into that, um, we also wanted to issue a trigger warning. Uh, We don't have to do this often and we try to avoid doing it, but this one is 
a SA trigger warning or a sexual assault trigger warning. So if that's something um, that is rough for you, that's around halfway in, a little sooner than halfway into the episode, um, Laura is talking about herself and some of her own experiences and that comes up. So just so you know, be prepared for that. Um, if you feel like you need to skip out on this whole episode, that would be a bummer, but we understand. Or you could just fast forward through that part if you needed to. But we wanted to just let you guys know because we want to be sensitive to stuff like that because it is important. So I'm going to stop rambling on now and we're going to get to the really good stuff, which is hearing from our amazing Laura Tridle. The Mother Blessing Ceremony is an adaptation of an ancient Navajo ceremony called a Blessing Way. Participants of a Blessing Way honor, pamper, and prepare the pregnant mother for her journey through birth into motherhood. Our modern culture showers a mom-to-be with items for her first baby at a baby shower, with the focus being on the baby. A Mother's Blessing is focused on the mother, whether it's her first, second, or even fifth baby. Ashley at Embracing Birth and Beyond offers event planning services for Mother's Blessings and has many different packages and options to make this ceremony and event exactly what you'd want it to be. For more information, visit embracingbirthandbeyond.com or contact Ashley at 435-313-3074 to book a Mother's Blessing for a friend, a family member, or even yourself. All right, today I am joined by Laura Tridel. Her title is she is a nurse at our hospital. She's an RN, MSN, LCCE. Laura, please tell us what the heck all of that means. <laughs> I know that is pretty exciting. So I'm a registered nurse first. I got my bachelor's degree at Michigan State University in 1995. Wow. That's where I grew up is in Michigan. And I have a master's degree in nursing, which I received in Salt Lake City at University of Utah. And that was in 2001. And um, I actually am a nurse practitioner as well, although I don't practice as one anymore. But that is the degree I received as a peds nurse practitioner in 2001. Okay. So um, the LCCE part is that I'm a Lamaze certified childbirth educator. Woo! Very exciting. Yeah. Fun. Okay. Um, and what are you doing right now as within your job? So today, right now, um, I have been the care manager for Simply Birth and Childbirth Education since 2018 at St. George Regional Hospital. Um, it used to be Dixie when I first started that yeah. job. And um, it's been a really amazing experience. I've been teaching childbirth education for about 20 years. So I started teaching um, when my uh, oldest kiddo was, well, maybe before he was born. So I started teaching <laughs> childbirth ed. Wow. Um, and I have continued doing that on and off for years. So throughout my nursing career, I've lived in six or seven different states. I've worked oh, wow. in seven different hospitals, and I've worked in the full gamut of OBPs. Okay. So I had, at the very beginning of my career, I had a couple of years where I worked med surge, so that kind of classic um, medical surgical floor. I worked at University of Michigan Medical Center on a transplant GI surgery floor, and um and then I started working pediatrics in a different facility in Pontiac in Michigan. And I have worked in that world and OBPEDS ever since. So I've worked pediatrics, PEDS ICU, neonatal ICU, labor and delivery, mom, baby, uh, PEDS emergency. I've worked all, all wow. OBPEDS. So I taught nursing school for about 10 years in Flagstaff, Arizona. And um, I taught OBPEDS primarily there, of course. And I've also, um, I'm, I've done lots of things I'm forgetting right now. <laughs> I'm sure I've done. So You're a well-rounded lady. Lots of lots of things. Um, and I've taught. So I taught, started teaching kind of general childbirth education. Then I started teaching. Lamaze style teaching. I've been to several Lamaze conferences, which I actually love. And then I got certified to be a hypnobirthing educator. Okay. And I'm also a certified hypnotist, although I didn't put that on the end. What? 
I know so many things. Um, I did not put that at the end of my my letters, but I could add that. That's so cool. That would make you happy. I know. So if you want to quit smoking <laughs> or you have a fear of flying, let me know. Um, but I we decided to do the certified hypnotist piece because Inner Mountain, we wanted to create our own hypnosis for birth curriculum. Whoa. Okay. So we just, we were teaching a, a different curriculum and it just, we were, we felt like we, there was pieces that were missing that we really needed to cultivate. So we really took pieces from Lamaze. We took pieces, um, different kinds of hypnosis pieces. We took all kinds of pieces and made something that was more comprehensive for folks. So we could talk about medical interventions and cesarean yeah. and just all the options that were available to people. So that's why I did that training. So. Amazing. I feel like I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, we got to have you back to talk about that. We got to have you back to talk about that. It's we got to have you back fun. to talk about that. So we, we might, we'll see what we end up talking about today, but it sounds like we could talk to you about a whole lot of stuff with all the experience that you have. It's been fun. Yeah. So I've worked cool. um, as a nurse practitioner in, in a teen health clinic doing um, sexual health for kiddos in, in Flagstaff, Arizona. So I did that for some years while I taught at NAU. Okay. So that was something that was an amazing experience. Um, and all through my whole career, I've always like oftentimes working as a nurse and also teaching. Like that's always been, I always talk about working and teaching because I've always almost always done both. Mm -hmm. So this mm -hmm. job now, I don't work at the bedside anymore. I My entire job is working with Simply Birth and Childbirth Education. I do that for St. George Regional Hospital, but I also do a lot of work from the corporate level, helping okay. just navigate all of our programs. So Intermountain Health, we just integrated with another healthcare corporation, SCL. So now we're in three we have three regions we're in multiple states I can't remember all of them right this mm -hmm. second but there's a lot of them so we're just working we added another nine hospitals so we had 27 Whoa. and now we have um that plus nine <laughs> right thank you so much I don't add nines well it's <laughs> no nine. nines are hard they really are um okay so can you tell us a little bit more about the simply birth and your work with that yeah absolutely so simply birth came about several years ago and it was really an it was a nod to the community because we had so many folks who really wanted that idea of I want to have a home-like experience I want low intervention I want to feel more like I'm at home when I'm having my baby mm -hmm. and I want a lot of people wanted to go home early they didn't want to stay for you know at the time it was more typical to stay two days after having a baby. People wanted to go home sooner for a variety of reasons. Um, there was also a cost component mm -hmm. and there was just um, a lot of push from our community. Like this would be really amazing. Can we do this? We had amazing leadership. We've had amazing, I, I'm always uh, um, really amazed at our leadership all the time. I work yeah. with some phenomenal women. And at the time, it was Amy Christensen, and she said, let's let's get this done. Let's figure something out. So they created Simply Birth with that idea that it would be like a home birth in the hospital. Laid it all out. And they actually went to New York City. Whoa. And they modeled it after a program in a hospital in New York City. Cool. And got the, all of their policies and did all that. So that was the jump off for okay. Simply Birth. And since then, we've um, added a pre, uh, program in Cedar City and at Leighton Hospital. And then we have other hospitals that are coming down that are raising their hand. Me, me, me. I want to be Very next. cool. Yeah. We love that. Mm -hmm. So for those of our listeners that were at the expo, you were also at the expo with a booth for the Simply Birth Suite. Um, so that's fun. You may have seen her there. Uh, for those of our listeners that were not able to attend, can you just explain exactly what the Simply Birth Suite is like? What does that even mean? Yes, perfect. So the Simply Birth Suite today as it is, is intended for women who are lower risk, who are looking for a lower intervention experience. What I mean by lower intervention is... Women are seeking, I just, I would like to just go into labor on my own, come into the hospital, have a baby. Mm -hmm. I, you know, folks who are, 
you know, and that doesn't mean that you can't change your mind and choose pain medication along the way. There's no hard and fast rules about anything. But if you're thinking, you know, I'd like to do this unmedicated, I'd, I've either done it before or I'd like to try it this time um, for women who, like, you know, would prefer not to have an induction. And, and typically for women who are lower risk, who are not going to require those kinds of things from a medical standpoint, that um, they can certainly come in and have a baby and Okay. And not need all of that. So depending on how folks risk out. So um, I have a partner named Lauren. So her and I work really close together. Lauren does a lot of work with our prenatal records, working with our patients, and then working with our providers. So we have a risk analysis that we've developed not we, Lauren and I, but we Intermountain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over time. And that risk analysis helps us guide practice. So the lowest risk folks or like, okay, it's good, we can do intermittent monitoring with the Doppler, don't necessarily need to have an IV, IV access, um, can eat and drink during labor, can go home early. And, um, and then there's kind of some tiers that bounce from there. Essentially, we, what we try to do is just meet folks where they're at and say, hey, maybe this little thing's going on, this little thing, maybe with this situation. And, and an example might be... Um, if someone's um, hematocrit is a little on the low side mm -hmm. during their pregnancy, we say, hey, you know, like you're good. Everything's been going really well. But, you know, I think it would be best if you had a saline lock. So just the IV that's in your hand, but not necessarily hooked up to anything mm -hmm. just in case. So just, just some different things like that. Um, sometimes um, we recently added VBACs to the risk analysis for Simply Birth. So that really? was about two years ago. And that is um, currently today as it stands for women who have had a successful VBAC. Okay. And then would like to do that again. Okay. So those mamas, we, you know, just as any other mama who's had a prior cesarean, they do like them to have continuous monitoring and have that saline lock, but move around in the room, do your thing, listen okay. to music, here's the tub, do all those things. So just gives people more freedom of movement and a little more autonomy during their birth experience. Okay. So what, what are some things that, what are some other things that might risk somebody out of being able to use the Simply Birth Suite? Um, you know, it varies. I think what we see Probably the most common things we see is when people have an extensive medical history. So sometimes people just, they've had a lot of health problems prior to ever becoming pregnant. Okay. Um, sometimes it's things that develop during pregnancy. So if a baby is growing too large, so large um, an LGA baby, or a baby is not growing enough, so something that's called IUGR or intrauterine growth restriction, both of those can be risk factors for babies, and we want to keep a closer eye on mama and baby in those situations. Sure. So that woman would not be able to use the Simply Birth Suite. Yeah, and sometimes we don't know that until, you know, closer oh, okay. to, to when um, when baby's, you know, getting ready to be born. Um, sometimes people develop things like high blood pressure, preeclampsia yeah. symptoms. Um Di gestational diabetes, we have learned quite a bit about, you know, kind of finding that line. So if people are diet controlled, we that that's fine. And we're keeping track of sugars and had the diabetic education. And, and we can see if Lauren can see the record of those blood sugars, then we're good to go. But if someone's starting to require medication, um, then they do risk out. Okay, but I, I always there's always a caveat to the risk out. So the risk out piece is that we never want anyone to feel like, oh, you, you know, you, you don't belong in this program. We do everything we can to continue a relationship. Lauren does a tremendous job. Like, what can we do to meet every piece of your birth plan that maybe is not that specific room, but what can we do in the low intervention room? And what are, what is really important to you? So we always, um, we maintain that relationship and maintain that education, maintain all That's of that. Awesome. Some people, f we don't ever want people to feel like, you know, you're not part of the, of course you're part of this. You yeah. Know? That's amazing to have you guys be a part of their team rather than just like the people who are in charge of this room that like gatekeep, let you in or not. You're right. You're on their team. You're Absolutely. helping them achieve this. A thousand That's amazing. Percent, yeah. So if someone just barely gets pregnant and they're thinking that they would like to give birth in the Simply Birth Suite, what, what steps do they take to get there? 
So you would be surprised at how many people apply for Simply Birth. I swear they pee on the stick <laughs> and they, they get online, go chick, 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 and they apply for Simply Birth. Because we look at their, you know, like, wait, they're not like, due for 38 weeks. They must have just <laughs> literally gotten a positive pregnancy test. Amazing. We love that. It makes us so happy because then we can meet people right away yeah. and, you know, start that relationship right out of the gate. So it's, it's amazing. So the first thing is to go Google's better than Microsoft Bing. It's kind of my enemy. Um, <laughs> go into Google, just search Intermountain Simply Birth. It's okay. a pretty easy way to do that. And that page will come up and then the application is on there. So they scroll down to the application. Once someone has applied, that comes into our email box. So whether they apply for Cedar, St. George, or Layton, that comes to us. And then we sift through those and get them to the coordinators okay. to, to look at them. And if they are in one of those areas with one of those hospitals, um, it doesn't matter what doctor they have, they can apply and give birth in the Simply Birth Suite? Correct. Cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. What about things that they should be doing during the pregnancy to help ensure that they don't risk out? Yep. That's a, a wonderful question. So one of the things that we require is education. So that's okay. one of our really important things when, when folks, as, as you well know, when folks are preparing for an unmedicated birth, it's really important to actually prepare for that. And a lot of people I think are really inspired by the idea. They've heard about it. They think it sounds amazing. Um, but education, 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 I'm a huge proponent. So we're not picky about where you receive that education. We just want you to receive education about coping with labor, ideal like labor and birth physiology, and then how to take care of yourself and your baby and breastfeeding afterwards. The piece, the afterwards piece is super important because if moms are eligible for that early discharge, we want that's just a decreased amount of time with our mom baby staff and just being where you can put on the call light. What do I do about this? Yeah. So knowing that we want to make sure that they have that education before they um, walk in the doors of the hospital. Cool. Yep. I love it. So of course we have our classes at the hospital. Um, we have in-person classes. We have a lot of online classes. So our hypnosis for birth um, class right now is just taught virtually, but I believe we're going to put it on our in-person schedule starting in January again. Okay. It was there pre-COVID, but it's we're just kind of getting everything up and going again. But there's so many classes in the community, including Trisha's fabulous Bradley mm -hmm. class, but there's several educators in our community that are doing a tremendous job. So um, we just like to know, okay, what did they cover? You know, where, where are we at? We just want to make sure that people have the skills and abilities to be successful. Awesome. I love that. That's so amazing. It's awesome too, because I feel like you are the, our link almost to the hospital. Like you're the middle ground between the home birth community and the hospital community. And it's such a beautiful middle ground to have because home birth is not for everybody, but true. <laughs> but some people might feel like they're more comfortable in the hospital, but still want to have that experience. So we're so grateful that we have you and that we have this opportunity to that women have this opportunity to have a, a physiological birth and, and a beautiful experience. Yep. And it, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly it. It's just, it's supposed to be, you know, that middle ground where people are just like, I, I kind of want this, this piece of this experience and I want that. And that's really what it's intended for when people are just feeling, I call, I kind of call them fencers. They're <laughs> yeah. sort of on the fence. <laughs> They're not sure which way they want to go, but we're here to support and, you know, just do whatever we can to help people, help people have the best experience possible. Yeah. Why, why does that matter to you? Why is that important to you? <laughs> Oh, you know, there is a lot of reasons. So I, you know, I have three children. Mm -hmm. um, my kiddos are phenomenal and amazing. Of course, we all feel like our kids are phenomenal <laughs> and amazing. But I have three kids. I have a son who's 19. I have a daughter, um, that Andrew. so Andrew's 19. He's living in Durango, living his best life. Oh. Hard to get that guy to come home. Um, <laughs> Lily is 17, so she's a junior. And I have Ruby, who's 12. And my birth experiences were so life altering, you guys, mm. like, like changed my whole, changed everything, changed everything about who I am and 
what I felt like I could do in the world. And I felt like, I remember after having Andrew that I, I was sitting there, you know, holding him on my chest. And I just thought, oh my gosh, if every woman could feel the power that I feel right now, this whole world would be a completely different place. Oh yeah. Because it was just, I, I ne- I've never felt since like I couldn't do something. What do you think it. about that birth experience gave you that empowerment? Well, it's interesting because I, th- I think like at the time, um, I, I was really lucky. My, my mom told me from the time I was a little kid, she said, Laura, you know, having a baby is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And she would just tell the story about how, you know, first, you know, I would feel like a little labor pain and then I'd have a few more and then I would go in the bathroom and I'd run a tub and I'd, I'd shave my legs. <laughs> yeah, this is her story. And I'd shave my legs. And then I, you know, I do that. And then I was like, okay, it's time to go to the hospital. This is like the late sixties, early seventies. You guys. Okay. Then I go to the hospital and then, you know, we'd have some, you know, do the labor thing. And then I have a baby. <laughs> okay. So she skipped by so many things, so you guys, many things. but she was just like, and it was just so amazing. And she, and the classic thing she said is, you know, it hurt, but I, but I had this baby Mm. And that just like, all that just went into the background. And then she goes, I just couldn't wait for them to bring, because that was back in the day when they'd, the baby be in the nursery and she have to wait yep. for the baby. And she's like, can I just sit there and like drum my fingers waiting Aww. for them to bring the baby back so I could feed the baby. And my mom was literally one of the, like the only person breastfeeding. Yeah. It, you know, the only person. Like I mean, the nurses we talked about breastfeeding. Yeah. At that time. Couldn't even help her. They had no idea. She had to go to the library and get a book. She's like, oh, I got to wow. get this kid. I don't know what I'm doing. She figured it out. Um, what a woman. So she skipped a lot of things and she's like, all my labors were six hours. And that was just great. So <laughs> guess what? All my labors were six hours. And I just thought it was all kinds of like, this will be great. You know, I was more afraid of like needles and particularly an epidural needle. I was more afraid of that than I was of labor pain. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really interesting how, how, you know, just that, 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 that's what like stuck in my head. But um, as I had like each child, each experience was so tremendously empowering and I used to think at the beginning that it was because, oh, I, well, because I didn't have any medication and that's why it was so empowering. Yeah. But over time, I've realized that that wasn't true, that that wasn't right. And the reason why I felt so empowered is because I was so heard. I felt so Ooh. heard and every, with every, each and every birth through my, you know, pregnancy and my labor experience. So I, I've been super lucky. My best friend has been at all of my births. She mm-hmm. was a labor nurse. Now she's a midwife. And um, she was actually there for both of my miscarriages as well. And when I, my babies were born, you know, we're nurses. Like, we rally. Like, it's a situation. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> Shannon's the nurse. And Donna is one of my best friends. And she's a midwife and a nurse. And she was there. And another one of my friends is a nurse. And it just, like, all my buddies are up in there. And the amount, every single time I opened my eyes when I was in labor with Andrew, I looked into someone's face who was like, you're doing amazing. You are so doing this. I forgot to ask for drugs. Like I forgot (laughs) because I just never, like, I I just always, I just felt so supported the whole time, but I also had short labors. So there's that relatively. Um, So that's been a really important piece for me. The other thing that's um, come up over the years, and this has taken me a really long time to really wrap my brain around my why in terms of empowering women, is that when I was a kid, I was only 14 years old, I was actually a victim of a rape. Oh my gosh. And that experience um, didn't, it didn't like gel then, like I didn't really understand then what it really even happened. I actually thought it was my fault. And at, when I was preparing for my first pregnant, you know, my, my pregnancy, my first labor, I took this really cool class called birthing from within. And we taught, we had all this like artwork that we did for this class. And my artwork was, although not good, cause I'm not an artist, it was pretty dramatic. And, and I realized <laughs> that I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of fear around the operating room. I had a lot of fear around cesareans. I, and I felt even at the time, I remember feeling it was like 
over the top. Like, why am I so worried about this? Um, Because I was a nurse and I'd been in operating rooms and I'd been done all kinds of things over the years. I didn't really put that together. Um, After I had Andrew, my experience was great. I went home, I had a baby and it was fine. But when I got pregnant with my second baby, I'm like, I'm not going back there. Really? I didn't feel like I wanted to go back there. And part of it had to do with just feeling like things happened after Andrew was born that made me feel out of control. And things happened during my labor that I realized that my best friend was kind of keeping a bubble of peace around me. Hmm. And I didn't know about until quite a long time later. And it felt, um, it felt scary. It felt like, oh gosh, what if she can't be there? You know, what if I don't have that bubble? Um, What if, you know, what if things happen that I don't want to happen or I don't feel like I have a voice? So that's why I chose to have my other children at home. Okay. Um, It took a long time, many, many years for me to realize that although I was cared for really well in the hospital, um, I had fear relating back to that assault experience yeah, totally. that I wasn't really putting my, my, I couldn't really put my finger on. And that was where I, that I had this unreasonable fear about needles. I had a really big fear about cesarean birth. Um, I had a lot of fear and I think all of it, when I think about it now, I was like, oh, I was afraid I couldn't get away. Hmm. And um, that same thing with epidurals, like, if I have an epidural, I can't get out of the bed. I can't go. Hmm. I can't leave. Yeah. So um, my my drive about Simply Birth is I realize that, you know, not, of course, not everyone has any, you know, assault experiences or trauma experiences, but so many of us are walking around with all kinds of things that have gone on in our mm-hmm. lives, and that impacts how we navigate through one of the most vulnerable times in our life is giving birth. Absolutely. And I feel like Simply Birth can be a safe landing space for folks. I feel like the education advocacy that we can provide can help people understand that they do have a voice mm-hmm. and that we encourage shared decision making. We encourage, we encourage, I, I, I hesitate to use the word birth plan because of course, best laid plans. <laughs> um, but I feel like having a plan to me, it's about having a conversation it's about having building a relationship with your provider. It's about building rapport with the with the nurses when you get to the hospital. To yeah. me, that's what the document. That's what that's about. It's like yeah. this is what's important to me. You know, I want you to see me. Yeah. And what my big dream is, and the and the folks I work with, I have amazing leadership. Kimmy um, Holman's my labor boss, and Jody Jamison is my my boss for women and newborn. And of course, Lauren Cox is my partner, but so many people I work with, we just, we want every woman to have the experience of everyone gets that care. Everyone gets to feel like, you know, we hear you, we see you, we want you to feel safe here and safe in our care and safe in our hands. Just like I was looking for that experience out of the hospital. And I know that we can offer that in the hospital as well. Yeah. Wow. I I mean, first of all, I'm so sorry for what you've gone through. Um, but I also wanted to make sure to say thank you for turning that around and being able to, sorry, I'm getting like a little bit tender about it, but like, thank you for being a safe place now for other women so that they can be safe and feel safe and have like you felt safe during your labor experience, even though you were in that bubble that your best friend kept you in. Um, and what an amazing doula figure that she was for doing that for you and keeping your birth safe for you but um yeah it's it's really amazing that you've been able to turn around and empower women and give people an opportunity to have a voice and to feel heard so yeah thank you um would you say that in a typical hospital setting it's uncommon to feel heard have you seen that in all of your experience you know i i think it really varies um you know, all over the country, I think there's just such a huge variation in care. And I know Trisha and I were just recently talking about, you know, there's a large discrepancy for people of color and what they yeah. experience. And that, you know, that's something that um, 
as a nation, we need to get better at. And yeah. we, we talk about that all the time. It's one of the, a big goal for Intermountain is to, to really focus on equity and, and seeing where we have those gaps and how we can do better. But this is something like everyone's focusing on. Um, I think that women are in the position to empower themselves. Yeah. And that's what I encourage every single woman to do, you know, from the time they're itty bitty. That's why my yeah. kids know too much, you guys. Because <laughs> they're empowered. They're so <laughs> empowered. It's kind of ridiculous. But I I think every <laughs> every young person has um they like they get to have agency over their own body and they get to have those conversations. And anytime you're seeking healthcare for any reason, that it's not a hierarchy, it is a partnership. And it should feel like a partnership. And if it doesn't feel like a partnership, then let, you know, let's seek out a provider that helps you feel like you're they are a partner in your care. Mm-hmm. And I feel so strongly about that. And I feel like most of our um, people that I've known th- throughout all these hospitals I've worked at really want to offer that. Um, and sometimes it's a personality thing, you know. Sometimes totally. people just you know they don't click, and that's okay. It's okay to not click with somebody. And find somebody that you click with. That there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I feel like the more people are empowered to find find that person and do what it takes to feel strong during their labor and birth experience, that that's you know that's the permission I feel like everyone deserves to have. Yeah, definitely. If you are new to the Birth Village podcast, you might not know that we are partnered with Tubby Todd. Tubby Todd is an amazing clean ingredient skincare company, and their motto is good, clean, fun for the whole family. And let me tell you, that is so true. All of their products are perfect from your youngest to your oldest family member. Um, Tubby Todd has an amazing balm that is it's called their all over ointment and it's never greasy it is dermatologist tested it's safe for sensitive skin and it soothes redness irritation and eczema so it's perfect for honestly everything if you don't have some all over ointment in your life you need some i promise (laughs) my one of my favorite tubby todd products or like I guess it's not one product, but I really love their regulars bundle. So this includes hair and body wash, everyday lotion, and that all over ointment that I was just talking about. And they have a bunch of different fragrances that you can choose from. But again, it's good, clean, fun for the whole family. So you don't have to worry about all of the scary ingredients that typically come along with fragrance. So my favorite of their smells is lavender and rosemary, but in their regulars bundle, they also have fresh raspberry. They have a fragrance free one if that's your thing. They have lemon cream and black cherry is out right now for a limited time. It's a seasonal scent. So go check out Tubby Todd. Uh, It's gluten free, dairy free. There's no SLS, SLES, no synthetic fragrances, no parabens, no steroids, just some really simply amazing products um they do have a worry-free guarantee which means that if you're not 100 satisfied with your purchase they will refund you which i think is amazing i just think that's so honest and we love working with tubby todd they are simply a great company to work with so if you click on the link in our bio in the instagram bio or you can also click on our show notes and then you can click on the link there but you can get 10 percent off if you use that link to purchase your products so check out tubby todd today you will not regret it we are big fans over here at the birth village podcast and yeah check out tubby todd you're gonna love it Why is that important to have a voice during labor? Like what's that going to change or make the difference? I know that you said that you feel like you were empowered when you were talking about your birth experiences. You said that you were felt like you had an empowering experience because you were heard and you had a voice. But I mean, 
where where's the line? Like, why? Why does it, having a voice make you feel empowered? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really great question. So I don't know. Have you heard about the listening to mother surveys? Do you know about those? I don't know about those. Tell me. So listening to mother surveys, I believe, and it's been a little minute but since I read the details, so I'm not going to be awesome when I speak about this, but they, I believe they've done them three different times, and they've done them in the United States. And they were surveys where they surveyed several thousand women about their birth in the United States. And um, they, they drilled down a b- whole bunch of things all the way from preconception, conception, all the way through your labor experience, their birth experience and postpartum, all of it, breastfeeding, so cool. all the things. And then they wrote, made these huge reports. And um, when they talked about women in this country, and I believe the last one was probably 2011, 2012. So right around my littlest was born, but my littlest who's taller than me, whatever, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Little being relative. <laughs> right. But what they talked, they were talking about trauma and birth and we, and um, what that meant and how women defined trauma and what a traumatic birth was. And what they realized was about a third of women in the United States were reporting their birth experiences as traumatic. Yeah. And about a half of them actually went on to develop PTSD from their birth experiences. The number one thread that flowed through that was not what you would expect. As a nurse in the hospital, I would be like, oh, yeah, that was those oh, no moments. That was that run to the OR. It's an emergency. Oh, goodness. Like, let's get this baby born as fast as possible. There was some of those, of course, because that is traumatic, of course. The great majority, the biggest thread that was through all of it was women felt like they didn't understand what was going on. People did things to them without asking their permission. Um, Things happened they didn't didn't have a part of. They weren't part of the decision-making process. That was the number one cause of trauma trauma and birth across the board, across the United States. So... I, I, I know it like intuitively, but I, they've also done the research. So yeah. we know, we know yeah. why. And it's That's such crazy. an easy thing to, to involve, you know, involve our families in their care. It's mm. such an easy thing to explain, Hey, this is what's going on. This is why it's going on. This is why I'm concerned. It, it's not a difficult thing to do. It's a matter of, uh, do you think it's a matter of demanding the type of care that you deserve or a matter of training our nurses better or like what, what can, what can we do about it? I just think that relationships are super important. And I think building rapport, I think, um, when we, you know, anytime we walk into a situation, we don't know people, how do we walk into that situation? You know, do we walk in like, Hey, Nice to meet you. My name's so-and-so. This is my husband. Or maybe you're not talking. This this is what we're thinking about. I think so, so much has to do with that, how we build rapport f- from a human experience. Yeah. And sometimes we don't click, just like everything else. Sometimes we don't click. But I think gr- the grand majority of the time, if we're walking into any situation feeling like this isn't going to be safe, then th- we're that that's going to kind of come off of us. We can't always, we can't always prevent that because when people have been through traumatic situations, that's their coping. That's true. You know? So I think from a healthcare perspective, we need to recognize, wow, if someone's, you know, putting out that energy that they don't feel safe here, we have to not take it personally and recognize that this is deeper and wider Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. us right here in this moment. And how do yeah. we just meet you where you're at and explain, explain, explain so people understand what's going on and why it's going on. Yeah. I love to hear that from your perspective. To me, it it started making me think like, okay, now we're going back to, for our listeners and for like people that are going to be giving birth, now we're going back to the education piece. You, if, if you can prepare yourself more, the more that you can prepare yourself, the more confident and comfortable that you're going to be with the experience that you're headed into. And then you'll be able to build that healthy rapport with your staff. So I think I love that your, your perspective that you shared. And I think that that's the perspective that our listeners can keep is, okay, we gotta get prepared guys. We gotta. And like you said, writing a birth plan, keep in mind that your plan's not maybe going to go exactly as planned, but the education piece, the preparation piece, that's how we can be confident and comfortable, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think it just helps people ask better questions. Yeah. Um, I think it helps people feel like 
they can ask questions. Sure. Um, I think that's so important. I think when you when you're in an unfamiliar situation, and I guess an example would be my dad, you know, he's, he passed last November, but he had so many, he had a whole host of heart problems. And I am not a cardiac nurse, you guys. Like <laughs> I had to do so much homework. I just, I didn't, it just, it wasn't in my wheelhouse and I had to read and read and read and ask all it. And I had to figure out all this stuff so I could have a conversation. It wasn't until I did that homework that I could talk to his physicians and talk to the nurses and ask the things that I needed to know the answers to in a way that we could hear each other. Uh-huh. And I think this is the same thing. If I hadn't done that homework, I would have, I, I don't think I would have totally understood what was going on all the time. And I would have felt to no fault of anyone else's. I would have felt like things are happening. I don't get it. And so, and there's trauma in that. And there's trauma in that. So I feel like, you know, as, as people who are, you know, choosing to have children and, and going into that world, I feel like it's part of our responsibility. Just like, shoot, when you're going to buy a house, like you got to buy the how to buy a house for dummies guide. Like you got to do something. <laughs> right. You can't just assume that someone's going to explain that mortgage to you and you're going to understand that you're actually going to pay like $50 million more for that house <laughs> than the price tag for it, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, you, ha- you have to educate yourself if you want to have a good experience. I think everyone deserves that. Totally. And it makes, it makes the difference. It makes all the difference. And we can, we can say that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, but the people who don't believe us are not going to believe us, unfortunately. Um, I'm curious to hear your take on a question, um, that I have. So here's the question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like trying to tiptoe around. Um, I, if we're going to, break down birth into three different types and they are physiological. So kind of very uninterrupted. And then you have your very typical, here's my air quotes, typical hospital birth, like a very managed birth. You're very, you know what that means, right? Um, and then a a C-section. Okay. Um, why is it so common to have such a overly managed birth in, in a hospital? And because that's different than the simply birth suite, um, but why is that our common thing? You know, I think there's there's a bazillion reasons for that. Okay. And I think if you look all the way back, like into like history, um, you know, pre any kind of pain management for labor, what you'll find is that there was a lot of people having babies who suffered okay. through childbirth. And when, you know, even talking to my grandmother, so my grandma had babies in the 40s. So she's like, twilight birth, bam, sign me up. It was amazing. (laughs) I went in there in labor at X number of hours later, they hand me a kid. I didn't remember a thing. Now we've, if you've ever watched, you know, business of being born or anything else, you've seen footage that are like, oh my goodness, that looks really traumatic. She didn't think so. She thought it was the bomb diggity, you know, she's like, this is awesome. And I think that there is a level of empowerment in choosing all of that. There's Mm -hmm. a level of empowerment in choosing, I want to go unmedicated. Nope, I would like an epidural. I would like to have an induction to decide when the day my baby is born. I would like to have a cesarean. I don't want to have any of that. There is a level of empowerment, every bit of that. And I feel like, um, I think where sometimes the mark gets missed is if people are making those choices with, without full informed consent. What does informed consent mean to you? So informed consent to me, and I think um, to most healthcare people, what that means is that you understand what it is, you understand the benefits, you understand the risks, the alternatives, and you understand the consequences of choosing not to do it at all. So that is informed consent. The full spectrum. The full spectrum. Um, and I think that when, when people walk into, yep, I would like, I'm, I'm choosing this. I would love to have an epidural. And they understand what all of that entails. That's empowering sure. to choose that. Um, you know, it's pretty rare, but I think occasionally people say, you know, I would like to have a primary C- C-section. This is my reason. And they understand the risks and benefits of all of those things. And if they understand that, that is their choice, mm-hmm. that is their body. Definitely. So, so empowerment lies in choice. Empowerment but lies fully in informed choice. Fully informed choice. Okay. So 
if the empowerment is in the choice and and specifically in the informed part of the choice, where can we get our information to make sure that it's not um, to make sure that it is correct? Because because here's the thing is, I feel like sometimes depending on who you go to for your information, it is so biased. And then you talked about even understanding the risks and the benefits and the risks of doing it, the risks of not doing it. Um, but sometimes you don't hear the truth the full transparent truth when you're hearing about the risks and benefits where you might hear the risk is, Oh, the risk is your baby's in danger. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not a fully informed version of the risk of such and such a thing. Right. So do you have um, advice on where to get that information? So I, I think that there's, there's a lot of way. And again, I feel like truly when people are, you know, and I think, I mean, 50% of pregnancies are unplanned, let's face it. But, but <laughs> if that, that were not the case, I feel like the more we can do to educate ourselves, it's just like anything else. Yes, you can find, you can find evidence to support the range. Yeah, right. everything. And I think that it's really important to find people that you have a rapport with and have a connection with and, and then keep going, keep reading, keep understanding take some classes, talk to a provider. When you're talking to your provider and your nurse and, and all of the people in your world and your family and your friends, uh, is what they're saying to you resonating with you? And that's, I always talk to people about brain. So it's like there's that acronym brain. So B is benefits, R is risk, A is alternative, I is intuition. What's your gut telling you about this? Does this feel right to you? N is no. <laughs> No, I don't want to do that at all. What what would happen if I chose not to do it at all? S is space. I love space because space, do you need space to talk about it? Pray about it? Talk to your partner? If you're in a situation where the answer to the space question is no, that's because now we're in an emergency. Yeah, you don't okay. always know you're in an emergency in the hospital. I'm sure you've sure. noticed this, Trisha, right? Trisha knows because she's been there a lot. <laughs> but it depends on who's running the show because a lot of people come in and they're super chill in an emergency, but we got to move. Yeah. Right. So ideally folks have developed a relationship with their care, their partner. Yeah. Their, their hopefully they have their doula, their provider. They've developed a rapport with their nurse. So if it gets that place where like, shoot, we don't have time to, for the space, we're in mm-hmm. an emergency situation you know that these folks have your best interests in mind. Totally. You've built a relationship with them. They understand what's important to you. So I think it has a lot to do with that. I think if you walk in the door hoping everyone's just going to tell you what's going to happen in the moment, probably going to be disappointed because there's just not always enough time to do that in a way that you're maybe totally going to understand. So preparing all the way along is super important. Cool. I think having... Um, a, you know, having your partner, I mean, shoot, my husband's awesome. You guys, he's so wonderful. He <laughs> cleans my car, <laughs> makes sure everyone goes to bed on time. If I don't want to make a salad, he's pretty sure we need a salad. Like this guy, he's just, <laughs> oh, I love it. He's so focused on like doing, doing the right thing for our family. Yeah, but when I was like- in labor, God bless him. I mean, he's just like deer in the headlights. <laughs> Because I'm his person and Mm -hmm. I'm like going through something and he's just like, I want to help, but I don't know how. And my, you know, totally. And each time I had at least one, but oftentimes multiple people acting as my doula, but they'd be like, Hey, Brian, do this. They're like, buddy, pull it together. Try, try. I'm going to show you something and you do that. Eventually he just started popping popcorn and dealing with other children. (laughs) I mean, that's what we ended up because, uh, you know, he's the arrangement that you agreed on in the kitchen. (laughs) You came in for the big moment. Um, But having, having had those conversations, some partners are way in that space. Like, Hey, we've talked about this. She's in transition. She would choose it to be this way. Some partners are not in that space. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I am such a, I'm such a huge advocate for doulas or somebody, you know, acting as a doula, being your voice, like, Hey, we've had this conversation and this is what's important to Mm -hmm. this couple, this family. Um, because we can't always say that when we're eight centimeters dilated, sometimes we're nonverbal. Exactly. (laughs) And it is at least pretty common for some husbands to get that way to get very deer in the headlights and it's hard for them to watch their person be going through such a vulnerable intense 
experience that's going to turn out amazing. But like in that moment, it's hard for them too, just like you said. So yeah, you girls, you got to prepare your husband or your partner as well as yourself and or hire a doula who's going to be able to show up for you if your partner can't. That's true. And sometimes there are doodlas out there. I've seen them in action. Doodla. I call them doodlas. <laughs> They're those dads that like, wow, you should you should be donor certified. I think that's my husband. Yeah. He was a doodla. They're amazing. Sure. They're yeah. amazing. And <laughs> I mean, you just can't believe it. But I think if your partner is a male, um, one thing that I think is fairly common among among men is they really want to fix it. Mm-hmm. And when you're in labor, totally. there's no fixing it. Like we're just going to do this thing. So nothing's I, broken. Nothing's broken. We're just, we're just having a baby. <laughs> so that, that helplessness, I think for men can be really difficult. Totally. So we have to give them patience and grace with that. And yeah, that's, absolutely. I mean, I feel like hiring a doula is actually almost more sometimes for dads oh yeah we've (laughs) said that before too honestly it's true because they need they need um duelists just as much also just by the way i had never heard of the brains acronym before and i love it my favorite that's lamaze thing lamaze is amazing lamaze is not just he 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 who anymore you guys (laughs) well can you tell us what lamaze (laughs) is for those that don't know because i'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners might think, think that he, 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 <laughs> they've really, and do we still breathe? Of course, because breathing, you know, breath is life, yoga, it's great. But um, uh, Lamaze helped develop with the World Health Organization, the six healthy birth practices. And I should be able to memorize them and tell you what they are. They're really obvious. It's like, let labor start on its own. Move around while you're in labor. Have continuous labor support. Keep moms and babies together breastfeed your baby if possible there's another one in there it's very very basic and everything around Lamaz is about that it's supporting cool. physiological birth it's like cool. what do we do to help you oh the uh, the, le- the other one was about pushing um pushing in, in positions p- pushing mm-hmm. in, a, in a position that's comfortable for you it's so funny because to me some of those things are it all of those things are like Duh. I know. But it's not, that's not everybody's thing. Not everybody can say duh about all those things, six things that you said. Yeah. It's really interesting. Ooh. And that I think, and again, that like that comes back to informed consent. Mm-hmm. Come, comes back to, 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 well, why? Well, why, why do we do this this way? Why? And, and understanding the why behind things. And is that the best right thing for you and your baby? Yeah. The, the answer to that question. And in a Lamaze class, you would learn all of that. So, uh, yes. I mean, in, in a Lamaze class. So that's essentially like what we teach at the hospital. We okay. teach. So we use Enjoy products to teach our classes, our childbirth preparation series. And that's there in, in strong partnership with Lamaze. So that's essentially what we're talking about. And I'm so excited because we're just getting the new edition of, and it's, there's so much more language around empowerment we have more um focus on um um, perinatal mood disorders there's more focus in our class about that we work some of that in but they've done some tremendous updates i'm very excited about just the all of it so hopefully we'll get that really soon yeah that sounds awesome laura is there anything else that we've not touched on today i i would love to have you back sometime to like just hear more from you because you're so smart and you have a lot to share. But today, right now, is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know? I feel like there's a lot of judgment around how people have their babies. Totally. I feel like no matter what you do, someone has something to say about it. Totally. And I feel like if we just can get into a space where we can give ourselves permission to follow our own gut, um, that things will go in a way that they need to go for, for you. This isn't about what I think you should do. This isn't what, what Morgan or Trisha or anybody thinks you should do or how you should have your baby. What's right for me, um, absolutely is not necessarily right for other people. So I feel like that's such an important piece. And to me, that's, that's an excellent educator, someone who can be there and say, Hey, this, these are the things and here's some more information to do some homework and here's some more things to figure out and here's some questions to ask, but I can't ever tell anybody like what's your perfect birth experience. There is no 
imperfect birth. All birth is amazing and yeah. beautiful. We just, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is helping women feel empowered in their experiences. That's and their families. So beautiful and so amazing. We need we need more of you. <laughs> I wish I could bottle you up and just carry you around with me. <laughs> you would be surprised at how many of us are out there. It's really pretty great. And yeah. I think that if um yeah, I just think that there's so many of us. I mean, yeah, the the birth village as a whole has been tremendous and there's so many folks that I work with at the hospital who are amazing. They really are. And I think that the it's hard to work for a really big system. Oh yeah. It's just a hard thing to do. And we're always trying to find these ways to make sure we're putting those warm, fuzzy personal touches into our existence. Cause you know, I would say the great majority of us go to nursing school cause we just love taking care of people. Totally. <laughs> it's just what we want to do. So, um, it's kind of a, it's, it's quite the calling. You know what? We are so, so lucky to have you and people like you and nurses like you. Uh, I, I can only say in St. George cause I'm not familiar with everywhere else, but we are so lucky in St. George to have so many people who are passionate about helping and add those warm fuzzies and yeah we're really lucky to have you though Laura oh, thank so, you so thank much. you you're so sweet thank you for sharing your empowerment with us today thank you for empowering us and our listeners um and it, do you have any like social media or anything like that that you keep up on that you'd want that people could contact you on or anything like that I'm putting you really on the spot right You're now. You're so putting me on the spot. I do have an Insta page. I don't truly understand how it works. <laughs> we appreciate the honesty. <laughs> I really don't. I have to have my children help me. So maybe no. Okay. That's totally <laughs> fine. Um, I, I guess. I will have to go back to that. Yeah. I will have to delete that out. <laughs> I'll tell you about my Facebook page when we're off of this recording. <laughs> Deal. Well, uh, anyways, to our listeners, if you have Paul any questions, Morgan. yeah, if you have any questions, let us know and we'll get it through the grapevine. Um, you know where to find us, the Birth Village Podcast on Instagram. You can call us with a voicemail. If you're trying to call us and you don't know the number by now, just head over to our Instagram and click the call button. It's as easy as that. Um, you can email us also at the birth village podcast at gmail.com. We are so grateful to all of our listeners for listening. Just, I couldn't say it enough. So I'm going to say it one more time. Thank you for being with us today, Laura. And please always remember that empowered women empower women. <laughs>